0: This is Paige Scott with Entourage Ministries, and Entourage Ministries is a women's ministry that gets its inspiration from Psalm sixty-eight, eleven. Our whole intent is to encourage the host of women, uh, multi generationally, multi denominationally, that are proclaiming the good news of Jesus. And there, there is so much about about the good news of Jesus um, that that. It, that needs to be said. That needs to be um, in constant remembrance. And in and, and I personally have to remind myself about, um, as David describes the uh, the benefits of uh, of what we are afforded through through the generosity and the grace of the Lord. And so some of the things that we talk about on this podcast are rest, promise, inheritance, victory, and those are all things that come. Um, in and through a relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and and the life, and that is um, that's a non-negotiable here. So all of our our teachings are going to always come back uh, back to that Jesus Christ um, as our cornerstone. And so um, in our podcast content, we have some that is standalone. Some of it is a recap of. Of something that we may have talked about, one of our monthly gatherings. We have a monthly gathering every uh, second Tuesday of the month here in Southern Oklahoma, uh, where where most of our ministry team is located. Out of uh, some of the podcast content may go deeper into something that a blog already addressed, but. If you want to access any of those other items, you can visit entourageministries.com, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and then, of course, uh, this podcast is available on the iTunes platform under Entourage. And so in the previous podcast, we were talking about uh, the journey of of the Israelites out of slavery into promise and what that looked like about the time uh, they got to the Red Sea before the Lord parted the waters, and when the enemy showed showed back up um, in their camp. I'd shared a story about a baby named Urias. And for anyone that was listening and wondering um, how that baby is doing, he's doing awesome. I always forget to conclude um, the testimony that I share about, about him with that very important piece of information. So I wanted to start this podcast by... Uh, By being sure to mention that. So, in the last podcast, uh, the Lord again worked. Mightily on behalf of his chosen people, the Israelites. Again, when we're talking about the Israelites, I want you to see yourself in this story. If we are, um, if we are in Christ, Christ is is in us, and we have been grafted in, and we are part of God's chosen people, regardless of where we live geographically or what our ethnicity is. So we're leading. We're reading an actual literal. Um, historical account of something that happened in the book of Exodus, but we're also uh, looking at that as a lens uh, for our walk with the Lord today. So truth is truth, uh, whether it manifests in Exodus 15 or whether... um, You know, it's in in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. So that's that's the purpose. We're looking at a historical account of something that happened with God's people, the nation of Israel, but we're seeing our life through that lens. So they've had this awesome victory um, after they had already been murmuring to the Lord out of fear when Egypt showed back up in the pathway. We ended uh, in verse 21 of Exodus chapter 15 with Miriam, Moses' sister, uh, known as the prophetess, saying, sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously and is highly exalted the horse and its rider. He is hurled into the sea. So that's kind of the mindset. Uh, the Israelites are on on this high, back on their journey into the promised land. And so I'm sure you're wondering, now that they made it through the sea, that their enemy Uh, the Egyptians have been, the Egyptian army has been wiped out by the Lord, um, What does the rest of their journey look like? And as you might suspect, their journey looks a little bit messy, a little bit like my life, maybe a little bit like your life, if you're honest. Um, It's not always easy for me to admit that, but I definitely go um, in these high and low moments where I can be so quick to dismiss the mighty acts of God in my life and become consumed uh, by circumstances. And so that's what we're going to walk into, and then uh, then we're going to talk about grace, even though we are in the Old Testament and we're in Exodus. So starting in Exodus 15, moving on to verse 22. And I just, FYI, read from the Amplified Version. If I'm ever reading words, uh, they may be added for context and not part of the text that you are looking at. Um, There are many amazing translations of the Bible. I just enjoy reading this one because of the way that my brain is wired. So verse 22, then Moses led Israel away from the Red Sea. That's where this amazing victory, transformational uh, circumstances uh, commenced. And they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went a distance of three days in the wilderness, and they found no water. They came to Marah, but they could not drink its waters because they were bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. And the people grumbled at Moses, saying, what are we going to drink? So, uh, their, their observation of God's uh, miraculous victory uh, sustaining them lasted for about three days before real life showed up and they were physically thirsty and, and they began grumbling to Moses. And so I want to pause right there and say that anytime uh, you are grumbling, um, you're probably not going to readily see God's provision and grace that is already waiting for you where you are at. That's been my experience anyway. I'm pretty sure um, in the New Testament that uh, it quenches the Spirit for us to do that, so it's safe to say that is is true today so it says in verse 25 then moses cried out to the lord uh there's a difference in in grumbling about something to the lord or to man more specifically and in crying out in plea and desperation to the lord grumbling is accusation and discontentment and a lack of gratitude grumbling is exalting circumstances Crying out is exalting God's ability to work in circumstances, and there's an extreme difference in grumbling to man versus crying out to the Lord, and we see this over and over again with the Israelites, and so I would just encourage you about whatever adversity you're experiencing in your life, do a quick assessment and ask, am I spending my energy grumbling to man and exalting Circumstances, or am I crying out to the Lord in desperation so that He can be exalted and He can act in His grace and provision on my behalf? Often, my experience and I think the Word shows is that God has already acted and already put in place what our provision is that's going to be necessary for us to move forward in our journey of promise with Him, but we fail to see it uh, when we begin to murmur about our circumstances. So, to demonstrate that, we're going to continue in verse 25. It says, Then he cried to the Lord for help. This is Moses crying to the Lord for help. That is the appropriate way to respond um, in, in bad situations. And the Lord showed him a tree, a branch, which he threw into the waters, and the waters became sweet. And so I just want to pause right there because I think... Think that oftentimes we know, we think we know exactly what 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 it is that we need, and we really discount the Lord's involvement in in those situations. And so, in this case, I can imagine that the people were thinking, "We are dying of thirst. Um, we are we are are unable to move forward. We are asking for water. Moses is is asking uh, for for provision." From the Lord, it actually just says that that um, Moses cried out to the Lord. Um, I think sometimes when we go to the Lord in prayer, we don't leave the Lord uh, room to respond back to us. We go to Him and we tell Him exactly what we need. Lord, I need water so that I can drink. Lord, I need a new source of sustenance or nourishment in my life. But this just says um, Moses cried out to the Lord. And then the Lord showed him something, like he left room for for God to speak into the situation. And he showed him a tree and and a branch from that tree. And he told him to take the branch, dip it into the water so that the waters become sweet. I think that we can learn two things from from this specific passage, Uh, really three. One, God's provision doesn't always look like what you are expecting, Um, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't provide exactly what you're needing and so this is where i want to introduce the concept of grace in this passage this branch was grace. It was what was needed as their provision to turn their bitter situation into something sweet, which is exactly what happens uh, as you read that passage. But if you know your word, you would know that in Zechariah and in Isaiah um, and and in John 15, the Lord uh, is referred to as 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 this kind of this image of a tree, more specifically in Isaiah and in Zechariah. Jesus is referred to as the branch. And so even though it's talking about a literal branch here, I want you to picture Jesus in this situation, bringing grace into these harsh circumstances, bitter circumstances, and making making them sweet so that the people could go on. Uh, My question as I read this and I'm thinking about it, I'm just thinking, and uh, how long, you know, we know they traveled for three days, but how much of that time were they grumbling and the branch was in their sight, ready to be used if someone would have cried out to the Lord um, instead of, of just murmuring um, about the situation. And so if you go to the book of John, chapter 1, it has a lot to say about the subject of grace and um, and how it is a character attribution of God. So I'm going to start in verse 14 of John chapter 1. It says, The Word, the Word is talking about Jesus Christ, became flesh and lived among us, and we saw His glory glory as belongs to the only begotten Son of the Father, who is truly unique, the only one of His kind, who is full of grace and truth. Um, When I was born, I was not full of grace and truth. But when I was reborn in Jesus, uh, I began to take on a likeness like like Him and, and receive those things from Him into my life. And so verse 17 says, The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So Tying that back into Exodus 15, you've got Moses taking them on this journey. They have the law, that's the Ten Commandments, newly introduced to them. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So seeing Jesus as the branch, uh, seeing seeing the Lord as the provision, as grace itself in their bitter circumstances uh, really changes a lot about how how I perceive the Old Testament. Someone had had recommended a book to me called "Jesus on Every Page," and I do recommend that book. It, it does help you to look through the Old Testament with a lens of seeing seeing Jesus and seeing God's grace um, in in history, in biblical history. So, verse eighteen says, "No one has seen God at any time, or is only." Uh, the one and only begotten god that is the unique son who is the intimate presence of the father he has explained and, and revealed the awesome wonder of the father and and uh, Praise God! That is something that grace grace does for us. Just to pause a minute on grace, the first time that it is mentioned in the Bible is in the story uh, where we we hear about Noah and God instructs Noah to build an ark, and it says specifically about Noah that he had found grace and favor in in the eyes of the Lord. and um, And I love that picture of a boat uh, and Noah being on the boat, and that almost being like the grace of God that was carrying him and moving him um, in the midst of, of what to everyone else uh, was defeat and destruction. God's grace came into that. Um, the Hebrew alphabet um, is is composed of, of letters that are are pictures and in the way that grace is spelled one of the the pictures actually looks like um, uh, a camp um, a wall around a camp and um, and and I'd heard someone explain it this way that um, in life today we don't we don't camp with those we don't keep company with those uh, that we um, that are not in our good favor. So I don't know about you, but I'm not a big fan of camping in the first place. But I'm definitely not going to go camping with someone that that I don't that I don't like, um, unless of course Jesus calls me to do it, and then I'll do it and be obedient. But I'm not voluntarily going to enter into camp with someone um, that is either uh, outside of my favor or I'm not in their favor. And so grace paints this picture of God uh, surrounding our surrounding camp. And so we're going to see that unfold more in just a minute. But I want you to recognize uh, the detail of this provision as well. Uh, And again, I'm talking about the branch, um, which represents Jesus coming in as sweetness into a bitter situation, and just understanding that Jesus still uh, brings sweetness into our bitter situations today. Verse 27 says, The children of Israel came to Elam, where there were 12 springs of water, and 70 date palms, and they camped there beside the waters. There were 12 tribes, and there were ultimately going to be 70 elders. And so I just love how God gave provision according to their need. And really, He created the need. He is the one that that um, decided about the 70 elders, decided about the 12 tribes and then he gave his grace and his provision according to that. So to anyone listening that feels like you are in a journey and you're um, you're doing what God has told you to do. If God has told you to do something, he is going to grace you uh, with the provision that is necessary to make it happen. Just remember his grace doesn't always look like what you are expecting. So they got their water situation taken care of. Next, um, Exodus chapter sixteen, uh, they're going to get a bit hungry. I, I get that. I'm I am a girl who loves to eat. It says, chapter sixteen, verse one, Book of Exodus. They set out from Elam, and all the congregation of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. Skipping to verse two, the whole congregation of the Israelites murmured murmured again in the wilderness. They did not learn their lesson. They they love to murmur, and the Israelites said to Moses and Aaron, if we had just died by the hand of the Lord in Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and ate bread until we were full, for you have brought us into this wilderness to kill this entire assembly with hunger. Again, in the previous podcast, you'd have to listen to it, but they went from this uh, warrior tribal armor mentality tribal army mentality to acting like slaves by thinking on things of death instead of things of life. And you see it. And this is always where murmuring is going to lead. Murmuring is never going to produce uh, fruit uh, that is good fruit. And so the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will cause bread to rain from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, so that I may test them on whether or not they will walk obediently in my instruction. And it shall be that on the sixth day, they will prepare to bring in twice as much as they gather daily, so that they won't need to gather on the seventh day. Moses and Aaron said to Israel, at Evening you will know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, for He hears your murmurings against Him, what are we that you murmur and rebel against us? So the text continues, and in verse 13, it says, In the evening, quells came up and covered the camp, and in the morning, there was a blanket of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew evaporated on the surface of the wilderness, there was a fine flake-like thing, as fine as frost on the ground. This is describing Manna, which is bread from heaven. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, this is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather as much as he needs. Take an omer for each person according to the number of people uh, in each tent. And so they did some. Some gathered much of it, some only a little. And when they measured it with an omer, he who had gathered a large amount had no excess. And he who had gathered little had no lack. Every man gathered according to his need, his family size. Moses said, let none of it be left over until the next morning. But some did not listen to Moses and they left supply of it until morning and it bred worms and became foul and rotten. And Moses was angry with them. So they gathered it every morning as much as needed, because when the sun was hot, It melted. So again, I love this picture of camp and that the Lord is literally sending down His grace and provision for the day. And they're saying, what is it? We don't even recognize it. But God puts it out anyway, and then God gives them instruction to go and gather based on their need. I feel like sometimes um, when God's provision, when His grace doesn't look like what we think it should look like, we fail to participate in the gathering process. Um, there is a gathering process that we're called to, and I, I love that the Lord also created a place of rest in this for them, a Sabbath, where He says, the Sabbath, gather more on this day and uh, because you're, you're not going to be gathering on this day, but I'm still going to provide what you need even on the day that I'm not calling you to gather. But certainly there are days that we are called to gather. So again, just bringing this uh, back into a place that is cohesive and graspable. See Jesus uh, is the branch uh, that brings sweetness to the water. Uh, See Jesus as the manna from heaven. Book of John chapter 6 says, that Jesus identifies Himself as the bread of life to those who are listening to Him and questioning His identity. Definitely go and read that for yourself and let the Lord speak to you through that amazing passage. But people are asking, who are you? Because they were not expecting a Messiah, their Savior King, to look like a carpenter's son for Nazareth. They were expecting a royal king, a mighty victor. And Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life, but just like the folks in the wilderness, I sent this down and everyone said, what is it? That's kind of how people can perceive perceive the Lord sometimes. Um, and Lord, forgive me um, for when I I have done that. And so just in bringing all of this to a place that we can move forward from in, in our walks, the way that we continue on a pathway forward in life. Uh, once, you know, maybe you've got some of your bigger—the Lord's got some of the bigger enemies, like the Egyptian army, out out of the way, and you're just continuing in your regular your journey, your walk of faith, um, grace is always the pathway forward. Um, A few weeks ago, I was asleep, and I woke up kind of with that in my spirit, and I thought, um, I must have read that in a book the night before, and so I went back and read in the book, and and it wasn't there, and it's like one of God's newest ways of speaking to me. I guess I'm hard hearing when I'm awake, but when I'm asleep, I listen better. And and there have been situations in my life since then that I can't see exactly what the outcome's going to look like, but I I am I'm very aware of my need in the situation. And grace is the pathway forward, and Jesus makes that grace available to us, whether He's a branch sweetening bitter situations or whether he is bread of life or, or a well that doesn't run dry. He is all that we need for all situations. So uh, remember, instead of murmuring to man, cry out to the Lord and let him respond and open your eyes to the grace that is already available in the situation. Um, Kind of a funny story about manna and what is it. Um, I'm, I'm the Lord has saved me um, out of a place of religious slavery where I would identify as being a very legalistic person. And um, in, in part of my legalism, I had pretty stringent rules about dating, courting, engagement, and a long list of specifications about exactly what my husband would be like. And so I I dated a, an awesome guy that— uh, looked a lot like those uh, laws that I had created uh, from a religious mindset. And that didn't go anywhere because there was never peace in that situation. I would pray to the Lord for peace. Again, this was me telling the Lord, this is what I need my grace and provision to look like. I need it to look like this list that I have created. And the Lord would not answer my prayer. And praise God for that. He never gave me peace. Right now, I would just say to someone, if you're praying for something and there's an absence of peace, that's probably an answer to your prayer. The absence or presence of peace is a way that God does move us along on on His pathway of grace. So I just want to note that. But long story short, once I finally was obedient years later and had probably done a lot of damage um, to others' hearts from being in a relationship I shouldn't have been in, um, I met the man that I would marry. Justin Scott is— His name, we were married uh, going on 10 years now, and he was a lot like manna from heaven. And it's not because that sounds like man from heaven. That's what he thinks about that. But it's because I was like, what is it? Like, Lord, what is this? human being that you have put in my pathway that uh, that is so different than what I have been looking for. And truly, he was God's grace and provision in my life. The person that I'm called to do ministry with on this earth, the person that I am called to parent with, um, he is God's grace and provision. But we met on Facebook, which I'm not saying is a great idea. It wasn't on purpose. Um, somehow we were friends. We still don't know how. Again, I think the grace and provision of God. But um, He had a a picture as this is my husband, uh, Justin Scott, that I'm talking about. He had as his profile picture a photo of a man whose eyes were kind of bulging out of his head and he had rotten teeth and long hair and just looked crazy. And if you like Google crazy man, you can actually pull up a photo of what was my husband's profile picture the first time that I met him on Facebook. And he just said, Hey, Paige, do we know each other? And, um, I said, absolutely not. Let's delete each other immediately. And uh, and then he finally said, oh, that's not my profile picture, by the way. Uh, but still, I didn't know who he was. And somehow in that process of, of trying to figure out how we knew each other, boom, we fell in love, we got married. But he was definitely um, manna in my life. And he looked so different than what I thought God's grace needed look like. And so um, I just, as we close out everything, I want to take a moment. I want to pray for you uh, to be able to see the God's grace grace that is available to you in your life, not only eternally through Jesus, but momentarily. And regardless of of the pathway that you are are on, just know that you continue to step forward, to march forward, oh, my soul and strength, like Deborah said, uh, by continuing on a pathway of grace. So, Lord, I come before you. I thank you for the woman who uh, may be listening or watching, if it's on Facebook. And I ask, Father, that she... um, cry out to you, that she would uh, know that you are safe and trustworthy, and that you invite her to cast her cares upon you, to lay her burdens at her feet, and that you have grace and provision to give her for those things instead of carrying those weighty things that you chose to pick up for us on the cross long ago. Uh, For anyone, Father, that is on that pathway of grace, Father, I pray that they would choose to continue to wear your yoke that is easy and light, and and remove any yoke of slavery. And I pray, God, that we would remember we are your hands and feet, and that because we are your hands and feet, Jesus, you use us sometimes to bring grace and provision into the life of others. So may our eyes be open to see as we put away murmuring, as we put away expectations that are short of your glory and your goodness, and as we begin to see uh, the world around us, Father, that we would bring your grace into situations and that we would experience it with eyes open and hearts opened. In the precious name of Jesus, amen.